When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Podcast. What is up, College Lacrosse fans? You're watching episode number 220, I believe, of the Lax Factor Lacrosse podcast. And today we are going to continue on with the stupid early college lacrosse 2023 preseason All Americans. And yes, stupid early is the operative word or words there because it is way too early to be calling this, but I'm going to do it nonetheless. Today we are going to talk about the midfielders first, headlined by none other than Sam Handley of Penn Fame. Before I get into it, though, as always, be sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, share the crap out of uh, out of this episode with all of your friends, no matter where you're watching it, and you can always go to Lax Factor. We put every episode up there, and then we also have t-shirts and swag that you can buy uh, to you know, help support the channel and everything like that beyond that. But let's not waste any more time, and let's get into this. I want to talk about Sam Handley first. He's a lock. Sam Handley, Twarton finalist. You know, one of the best players in the country, hands down. I think I put Handley for sure in my top three players in the country overall. And uh, there's no way that you can kind of talk about returning midfielders without talking about Sam Handley and not just talking about him, talking about him first among all things. First team All-American in both polls. Ivy League Player of the Year ahead of Brandau, who I actually think is the best overall player coming back. First team All-Ivy. I believe that was unanimous since he's been a freshman. He's been a unanimous first team All-Ivy pick. D1 Midfielder of the Year. Uh, like I said, Twarton finalist. The only other returning player that was uh, besides Schellenberger that was among the top five Twarton finalists. There's, there's, you have the Twarton watch list that goes on all year that includes a bunch of players, but by the end of the year, they trim it down to five. They have the Twarton finalist list, and Handley was among one of them. And, and he's honestly, he's one of my favorites to win the Twarton. I don't think he will, but he definitely he is a media darling as much as he is a filthy, disgusting midfielder as well. So I think that could help him a little bit, but definitely going to be a, a Twarton finalist again as long as he's healthy and Penn doesn't completely shit the bed, which I do not see happening in, in any way. His production while at Penn is the thing of legends. He was a first-team All-American as a freshman. He was the D1 Rookie of the Year and first-team All-Ivy, again, unanimous selection. Uh, as a first-year player running midfield, he put up 35 goals, 26 assists for 61 points off 90 shots. That's 38% shooting. His sophomore year was shot to shit by a ruptured spleen in the first game of the year against Maryland. Despite the injury, he put up three goals and two helpers in that game. He missed the next four games, and then COVID wiped out the remainder of that season. So that season was a wash anyway. And then for the Ivy, the 2021 season was a wash as well, which means that Handley, uh, after this season, should he transfer, I believe has one more year of eligibility left. So that would be something for him. And something to consider here. Uh, do we see another Ivy League to Georgetown uh, transfer or something something like that? And I have no idea what his plans are. I'm just popping off based on what I think could happen. Now, his 2022 production, 
36 goals, 37 assists, 73 points off 131 shots, and 27.5% shooting. So dealt a lot differently being the man, man, man for Penn. He was the man as a freshman for Penn, but he wasn't the man, man. He wasn't the, the true alpha of that team. Not yet, anyway. So he got all the eyeballs and all the attention last year. Definitely brought his shooting percentage down from his last full season where he shot the rock at a 38% clip. So he'll want to try to improve that a little bit in 2023. And as you see very often, guys that are dealing with their first year of being the true alpha and getting the, the bulk of the looks, their shooting percentages tend to drop. And then that second season of dealing with that type of pressure, they tend to kind of come back up again, a la like a Pat Spencer or something like that. Five man up goals, 20 GBs to go with 52 turnovers. That's a high number compared to a 73 points, 52 turnovers. Now, the only kicker here is he may not really have had 52 turnovers. In uh, uh, Sidearm Sports, the company that manages a lot of these teams' websites, ends up having a duplicate stat thing. So his turnovers were way higher than the other two guys I'm going to talk about. So I'm not sure that stat in itself is accurate, but we'll go with it for now. Um, but he's he goes fast and he takes lots of chances. So he's that guy where it's like uh, cut down on your exposure time when you're you know stupid and you're driving with alcohol in your system. Uh, he goes fast, he takes lots of chances, but he gets the job done more often than not. And uh, do not drink and drive, kids. It's terrible. 18th in the country. Oh, wait, now we go. Oh, yeah, no, I'm in it. 18th in the country with 2.25 assists per game, one of the only two midfielders in the top 20. Note the other guy, Ryan Bell, a freshman out of Providence who I'm not going to discuss anymore today, but who I've kind of, who I was ignorant on existing last season. I'm going to have to look more into this Ryan Bell uh, because he put up big stats as a freshman. But yeah, Hanley, the only other midfielder uh, that I noticed as I was kind of looking through the top 20 in points that was on that, on that, or top 20 in assists per game. He was the only one that was on that list. Um, Handley's attributes as a player, high risk, high reward, bulldozer of a midfielder with the hands and feet of an angel. He stands six foot five and tips the scales at around 230, but the dude is a damn monster of a man overall, but he, he definitely has a level of finesse to his game that you don't normally see in dudes that just bulldoze people. As scary of a downhill dodger as most defenders will ever see in their careers, even if you defend him well, He'll just shoot through you, over you, around you. But what I like about him and about another guy that I'm going to talk about is I love that shot where the defender's in good position. He's on the run, even kind of defenders on his hands, but he's strong enough to still get that shot off. Very, very, um, uh, it, it's just hard to guard, very hard to guard overall, because if he's not trying to dodge you, shoot around you, he's just bullying you down the alley, you know, from the wing and in the guy's just a beast has solid feet for a guy, his size overall, though, certainly not fast, but he's deceptively quick and he will cut and then cut back on you as necessary all the while, you know, being able to kind of cut fairly effectively while also just being able to lean you into submission overall. But his real strength is playing bully ball with a finesse that hasn't been seen since the days of Pat Spencer. He, he's not the Dodger that Pat Spencer is, and, and I mean in style because Spencer attacked primarily from wings uh, from X, whereas Handley's attacking primarily from out top wings. He's running dodges from the corner to corner, you know, corner down through the middle. 
but still reminiscent of that just in the terms in, in the way that he's able to use his body to get his hands free and get shots off even better he can burn you by scoring a goal or dropping a diamond to a teammate's cross the kid's a true 50 50 threat overall as evidenced by his stats last year taking away his ability to score is only going to result in him dropping a bunch of assists on you he has incredible vision dodges with his head up at all times that's important and it's very difficult to keep a stick on him because the defenders are constantly having to kind of, you know, cross-check, lean on him. So it's hard to throw checks and things of that sort because all the while you're just trying to stay in position and stop him from mowing you over, which means not a lot of checks thrown and his hands are going to be free. You know, if a defender, the, the only hope a defender has is push, push, push up until the point where he's about to shoot. And then you just kind of try to get the lift on his hands. But he's so big, so tall. It's, he is just a very difficult guy to guard overall. You rarely have the opportunity to throw that check because, like I said, you're focusing your efforts on not letting him run your little ass over because everyone is little compared to him. Turnovers. As I said, if that statistic is accurate, and he really did have 52 turnovers, you know what we can do here? We can just jump into inside lacrosse real quick. Uh, boom, 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 boom. I'm just going to go to here. We're going to go to teams. I'm going to search pen because they're going to have more they've had more accurate stats actually here overall because that that one bothers me i want to i want to see if he really did have that many turnovers uh let's see here oh of course they're not giving oh yeah 52 turnovers so that that statistic is legit apparently so with that that's a high number here as i used to say about asher nolting he had i believe uh, one or two 70 plus turnover seasons wipe those turnovers out and your his point production is going to go through the roof and, and it's just one of those situations where the coaches and his teammates will be delighted if he could just shave even seven of those turnovers off come in under you know at 45 or under i think that would be a big accomplishment Overall, he's a consistent scorer, though. He's not one of those guys that kind of goes away and you know doesn't perform every game. He performs game in and game out. He put up at least three points in all but one of the 16 games he played in 2022. He had three goals and eight helpers in a 21-20 to loss to Princeton. That game started a monster stretch for him, a six-game stretch, where he scored 11 points against Princeton, six against Cornell, five against Yale, three against Brown, five against Harvard, and then five against Dartmouth. Despite that, Penn was still... Still only three and three during that stretch because the Ivy League was an absolute just savage conference in 2022. He had a hard time dealing with the added attention, as I said, that comes with being one of the best players in the country. All eyeballs on you. All efforts by the defense are trying to stop you. So he goes from that 38% shooting percentage as a rookie down to 27.5 in 2022. Note there was also a big lull, almost a two-year lull in between that uh, of him being able to actually play organized lacrosse at that level. I expect that shooting percentage to improve, as I said. And uh, like I said, if he can keep those turnovers below 45, that is going to be huge for him. In the end, this kid is easily the top returning midfielder, at least in my opinion, but I think that's almost everybody's opinion. Uh, and I think he's one of the top three guys returning in all of Division One for their 2023 campaigns. If he's healthy, he'll be a first-team All-American again. That is a lock. He'll also be the, uh, the midfielder of the year again, despite having some solid competition and will almost certainly be one of the favorites to win the Tawartan. Now, the next guy that I would like to talk to you all about is Graham Bundy Jr. Out of Georgetown, as was all these other guys, I believe he's got one year remaining after 2023. I'm not sure, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm not sure it's okay to call a six foot one, 190 190-pound midfielder 
a jitterbug of a midfielder with a cannon and flair for the dramatic, but that's what I think of when I pontificate on Graham Bundy Jr., and his name also makes me want to say cool words like pontificate. He's got a perfect frame for a midfielder. He's strong, quick, fast, and has an absolute cannon on him, but he's sneaky quick side to side and has the ability to carve up a defense as a Dodger, and he's relentless. When he decides he wants to go to the goal, he's going to dodge, re-dodge, do whatever, and within that Georgetown system, he has a metric shit ton of freedom to do what he needs to do. His 2022 production, 45 goals, 25 helpers for 70 points off just 28.7% shooting. You're going to see all three guys I talk about aren't the aren't the most efficient of shooters but they're midfielders so they're, we're dealing with a lot more alley dodges and a lot more shooting on the run from distance so that's a natural natural thing you see with midfielders six man up goals 40 gbs four cost turnovers and 38 turnovers like handley high risk high reward overall but less risk in terms of the actual turnovers that he commits uh but he like any because he takes better care of the ball overall than handley although i'm not a hundred percent sure uh, on his stats either, because like I said, you know, I don't know what sidearm sidearm sports stats are, how accurate they are for that 2022 season. Like Handley, he only had two games out of 17 below three points. He had two points in both of those games that he was below three, but he had at least three points in every other game they played. He had six goals in a dish against Providence, two and four against Villanova. He only had three goals in the NCAA tournament loss to Delaware, took nine shots, buried three of them, but it wasn't enough as the, uh, the Hoyas got bounced by a goal in that NCAA tournament game. Now, his attributes as a player, as twitchy of a dodger as you will see with a guy uh, in a guy with his size overall, goes to the rack with the strength of a midfielder that is well over six foot, but he dodges laterally as if he was only five foot seven. He's an insane tough matchup for a defender. And, and just like all three guys that I'm going to mention here today, quick release. Once he gets his hands free, he is going to let that shit rip, and he, he does it with an, an efficiency that you'll, you'll, you'll not see. He looks more like an attackman overall, I think, as a dodger than any of these other guys do. Just a, a filthy midfielder. Uh, that release, like I said, is quick, but he also brings fire. I mean, the guy can put smoke past a goalkeeper. Very accurate overall. If you leave his hands free inside of 12 yards, he's going to let it rip. These are facts. He doesn't give a crap. He's like the honey badger. He's just going to keep coming at you. And if you give him a chance to score a goal, he's going to try to score a goal. The dude is greedy as all hell. Can finish in any situation. Dodging with the ball. He'll dive and bury one backhanded if the occasion calls for it. He'll step down and rip one past your goal. Goldie's ear, or he'll play off ball and can lace a quick stick from the crease. The guy, once again, like like the guys that put up the most production, they never stop moving and they try to be uh, effective in all facets of the game, both carrying, uh, uh, you know, just step down shooting, and then you know, even more importantly, cutting and being in the mix in the crease uh, off ball. And with that comes the ability also to help his homeboys out because he's going to draw a lot of attention. He's going to draw a lot of double teams. And as part of that, that the 25 assists that he put up, those were easy gets. And that's because most of those dishes, he drew a slide and there was somebody that was wide open and with his head up, he found him. Smoke the ever-living shit out of my man. Draw a slide. Uh, I'm trying to read my my quote here and it sounds stupid. So I'm, gonna not, I'm not going to finish it. I actually wrote, smoke the ever-living shit out of my man, draw a slide, and throw a quick dish to my pal. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to speak as if I'm him. That's what I was doing. I was trying to be tricky, and it sounded stupid. So it's just one of those things guys like him can do, though. They're going to draw slides all the time, automatic double team, especially this upcoming season. He will be an automatic double team. He has the ball. They're going to have that slide ready, and that slide is almost always going to go. 
and that's just going to open up his assist numbers here a little bit more in 2023. Overall, Bundy Jr., one of my favorite midfielders. I like how the dude plays. I like his swag. He celebrates. Some of his celebrations, as I was watching his highlight cut, almost remind me of like Scott Marr-esque, uh, Scotty Marr-esque, uh, Scotty Marr, Kyle Marr-esque uh, 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 celebrations when he played at Hopkins. I think it was Kyle Marr, right? Now I'm drawing blanks here. My brain doesn't work as well since uh, since COVID times. Uh, so, yeah, one of my favorite midfielders to watch. A must-watch for you guys. If you can find a Georgetown game that's on TV or that's streaming that doesn't cost you 10 bucks, probably tune in because he'll, he'll surprise the hell out of you. Now, the next guy that I want to talk about, and once again, not as well known if you're a casual fan here. And and I'll be I'll be honest. I mean, I knew of Matt Campbell. I was not aware that Matt Campbell was going to be, uh, you know, one of the guys. Like, before I kind of got into it and started reviewing all the midfielders, I wasn't aware, even myself, I was going to pick Matt Campbell to be one of the first-team All-Americans. But overall here, no name recognition, poor, like I said, to the casual fans. But, uh, you know, that's partly the Big East problem because they don't have a unified method of streaming all of the conference's games overall. But with that said, he is, in fact, the truth. 6'1", 195 pounds. He has a solid frame, and he's kind of what I'd consider a striding midfielder, at least the way he looks as he's running around there. He's got an odd way of carrying his stick, kind of, once again, dodges a little bit more like an attackman. Uh, reminds me of Josh Zuada, but with much with a little bit more size to him. And like I said, as you watch him play, each dodge looks like it's two steps. Each step that he takes while dodging, it looks like he's taking two steps. He plays with the grace of an antelope, but he's a mutant antelope that decided he was tired of being prey and decided he was going to eat the fucking lion. And that's what I like about him. From a distance, he looks long and lean, almost lanky, a la Josh Zawada, even the way he carries his stick. But that's more of a product of how he carries himself and his body uh, than his actual body because he definitely is much more powerful, got a very powerful legs, as you kind of see some of the pictures here that are rolling. You can see that he's not nearly as small as he looks when I'm watching the highlight cuts overall. And I wonder how many of his uh, freshman year highlights were mixed in there, and that might be why. Uh, his 2022 production, 45 goals, 22 helpers, 67 points off 159 shots. Again, 28.3% shooting. All three of these guys are just below 30% shooting. I expect that is part of, partly a product of them just you know stepping into a new season where now all eyes are on them. Everyone's trying to stop them. You you don't necessarily handle that right. You end up having a bunch more contested shots than what you're used to. His shooting percentage has never been high, whereas both, both of the previous players have had a little bit more success with their shooting percentages early in the year. But still, clean that up just a little bit. Get just to just that 30% mark, and you put in you know five, six more goals on the season, if not a few more than that, and uh, everybody's happy. Six man-up goals, 22 GBs, five cost turnovers, and 22 turnovers. Now, attributes as a player, excellent shooter. He can lay shit as a spot shooter or a step-down shooter, but he excels while shooting on the move. I think out of all the players here, he he moves the most. Like Handley's going to shoot well on the run. Bundy shoots well on the run. This guy excels at shooting on the run, and it's a you can tell that goalies the way he releases his shot and the way he carries his stick. His stick is kind of always behind him as he's winding up. He's got a a wind up that kind of tucks that stick behind his ear, behind his body. So you can tell just watching his highlight cuts even that goalies have a hard time tracking his shot. It's, by the looks of it, he's never seen a shot that he doesn't like. So if once again, like these other guys, you leave his hands free, he is not going to hesitate to let that rip. 
can get shots off at odd angles, but very good at maintaining his body position as he's dodging to the cage, as he's dipping underneath guys, gets his hips turned and, and shots rifled off very quickly. And like Handley, even if his defender is in good position, he's another one where he'll just kind of run right at that guy, back that guy down, kind of contact body to body and just shoot that shot over him or around him. I'm going to admit, though, like I said, I'm going to admit it again. Of the three guys I talked about today, I know the least about Campbell overall, but I'm kind of looking forward to catching up and, and seeing what he does here in the, the 2023 season. Now, there's a bunch of other guys that I should talk about, and this I think this list, far more than my attack list, I think this list here, at least that Campbell spot, a lot of guys are going to chirp and say that there's some other dudes that could easily take that third spot. I think Handley and Graham Bundy Jr. are locks for the first team All-American spots in 2023. Campbell's the guy that I think will probably get it just because I think his production is going to continue to improve in 2023. But you, you have to mention these other guys, so I'm going to talk about these other guys as well. First one being Kyle Long of Maryland, 17 goals, uh, 17 goals, 25 assists, 42 points. Now, he may be the most likely, I think, to supplant one of the guys I've already mentioned. More, more than likely, it would be Campbell, partly because he's playing for Maryland. He's now Maryland's top returning offensive threat, at least as a Dodger. I think I might have even heard Malivers out for the year again, so that's going to make him legitimately just their top returning scoring threat overall. So I like Kyle Long to probably, he's the guy that it's like, man, if there was four spots, he'd be in there. And uh, depending on the production overall and what, what both of these teams do, I think that Long is the one, the first guy that I would say, okay, he could pop, probably pop Campbell off that list. And Long is now a first team All-American. Uh, another guy, Thomas McConvey, Virginia slash Vermont transfer, uh, 60 goals, 14 assists, and 74 points for Vermont last year. He's now going to be playing for Virginia, so he's got a very good shot, once again, of you know kind of making it into this list. But like I said, I, I dare say long, you know, as I wrote this up, I liked what I saw in Campbell a little bit more than what I liked out of long, but then again, Campbell is you know, one of his team's big cats, whereas Long had four offensive threats ahead of him. So it may be one of those deals where, uh, you know, you can tell that I'm kind of questioning myself already already with the long pick. Now, I think McConvey is going to be a second-team All-American, but he's right below those other three. And then Princeton. Princeton is loaded at midfield. Sam English and Jake Stevens, I think, are both going to be have chances here. Uh, English being more of the, go the, the, the scoring threat. 30 goals, 18 assists, whereas Stevens, 22 goals, two assists. He's more of a old-school midfielder, get up and down the field, pick up ground balls. You know, he's that guy. He's more of a, you know, one of the most complete kind of two-way midfielders that, that we're going to see in 2023 is Jake Stevens. So Princeton has a couple of great ones as well. I think those are the three or the four that you kind of have to mention. Like, uh, all right, you know, I like these three to grab these spots, at least the way things look right now. But Long, McConvey, English, and Stevens, I think, are all sitting right there chomping at the bit to try to grab one of those three um, All-American spots at the midfield. And that's it. Midfield, you know, not as not as much to talk about overall, just because, you know, I'm a big attack gooner. And, uh, I, you know, you you pay a lot of attention to the dudes who put up shit tons of points and the midfielders just don't all the time. So they don't get as much shine. But the reality here is that all three of these midfielders I've talked about uh, as you know, between Campbell, uh, Graham Bundy Jr. And between Handley, they're pretty much attackmen 
playing midfield in terms of their production and their capabilities. And that's, you know, what makes them so good as midfielders overall. And then, like I said, Kyle Long probably is the one that if we're going to say anyone's going to get yanked off that list and someone else is going to bump up, Kyle Long from Maryland is probably the guy I think that would do that. So that is it. I'm going to come back next week and we're going to talk about defenders. I've got a list of five defenders that I want to talk about. After that, I've got three face-off specialists I want to talk about. I've got three LS, two LSMs I want to talk about and two short stick D mids that I want to talk about. And then we'll get into the goalies last. So that is all for today. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. You can go to laxfactor.com, support us there, share the crap out of this with all your friends. And then, like I said, you can get t-shirts at our website and the t-shirts themselves. They're not, um, all Lax Factor podcast branded. These are, this is custom designed here. I paid somebody on Fiverr actually to whip this up. We had done something like it for somebody else many years ago for a, a, a summer league shirt or whatnot. But yeah, you can go to laxfactor.com and uh, I actually designed this one myself. And you can support us that way. That'll help the channel out. But all right, I'm going to shut the hell up here. I will be back next week. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And Hoost is out. Factor Podcast.